Good morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. We'll be looking at the first three verses. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Remember, this is God's word, as we have just sung. Lord, speak to us. Remember that God's word is given to us for our growth, our spiritual growth. And God's word, the, the characteristic of God's word, the nature of God's word, that it is eternal, it never changes. So we best believe that if we build our lives upon God's word, we are building upon that which is best for us. So let us look to God's word and set our focus upon the truth that he has given us here this morning. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of, and of instruction and about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. It's God's holy word. As we prepare our hearts here this morning, I want you to think about what is it that makes a Christian a Christian? What, what is it that makes a believer a believer? Well, primarily, the, the, what makes a believer a believer is the fact that God's word has come into their heart through the Holy Spirit and brought about a new birth. Uh, a believer is one who has been freely given by the grace of God new life in Christ. That is what a, being a believer is all about. You have, if you're a believer, if you trusted in Christ, if you repented of your sins, if you believe in Christ, you rely upon him. The, the characteristic of you as, as God's child is that now in Christ, you have new life. God has given you new life that enables you to repent, that enables you to turn to Christ and embrace him and see him as the treasure of heaven. That is the characteristic of, of a believer. And if this is true, that that uh, in Christ, as a believer, we have new life, that means something. It means that we need to grow because that life is not a stagnant life. It is not a life that comes to us and 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 it and it, and it, it doesn't doesn't transform our, our, our lives. No, the, 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 as a believer, God calls us to grow and he has given us and planted into our hearts his word. That enables us to do that. First Peter chapter one, verse 23 says, listen what it says. He says, since <laughs> there is something that has happened to these to the believers that he's writing to, that they have been born again. And he says, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God it is the word of God that has come in through the Holy Spirit and transformed their lives and brought about the new birth. 
But it just doesn't end there. Peter, Peter doesn't end there. He says this in Second Peter chapter one, verse three. You've been born again, he said in chapter one, by the word of God. Chapter two, verse one, verse three says his divine power has granted to us all things. L listen to that as a believer, as a believer that has new life in Christ. God has granted to us by his divine power. He has granted to us all things. Listen to what he says that pertains to life and godliness as a believer. Through the not and the qualifier is this. The qualifier is through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. He goes on, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. That's that's what being a child of God is all about is, is that it starts with the new birth by the word of God and, and 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 being born again. God enables us. He has given us the capacity to to grow in, in the Christian life. We, he says that we have everything there. If, if whatever you face and whatever trial you're going through, whatever temptation you're dealing with, God has given you everything you need to not only. Uh, resisted, but to press through and grow as a believer. That 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 is the the nature of of, of being a, a Christian. God has called us, and He has designed the Christian your life as a Christian to be a life of growth. That's what He He does, and it doesn't matter whether whether you're young or old. Doesn't matter whether you're a child or an adult. God has, if you are a believer, God has has design the life that you have in Christ to be a life that is able to grow, to grow spiritually. That's, that's God's design. That his design is that you grow like a baby. A baby, think about a baby. A baby is, is, is born and that baby that is born has everything that that, that, that child needs to grow. You don't we we come into the world. You don't add an arm, do you? You don't add a leg to a child. You don't you don't add eyes. You don't add a mouth. You don't add a stomach. They they have everything necessary to grow. It's the same with us as believers. We have everything. We have everything that we need to grow as a believer. Think about a child. The older that a child gets, the more he or she uses the, their brain and their muscles that they already have. They have it. They, they use their brain and their muscles and they, and they grow. They, they develop and they, they mature. It's, it's the same for us as, as believers. And, 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 and we should pay attention to a child who doesn't grow. If their, their growth is stunted, something is wrong. And guess what? Something is wrong with us as believers if we're not growing. We're, if, if, if we have if, if, if we've get gotten to a point that all we we know is that we're supposed to repent in Christ and believe and and, and that we're supposed to, you know, because we're we're in Christ, we're part of the body of Christ, we're supposed to come to church. That's all you know. Your growth is stunted. Your, your growth is stunted because there is more to the Christian life. There is more to the Christian life 
than than repentance and 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 faith in God and 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 coming to church and because we're part of the body. There's more to the Christianity than that, and and that's what these passages that we're going to look at. Uh, that we have been looking at and that we're going to look at today is all about that there's more to being a child of God than just just uh, munching on 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 the basics of Christianity. There, there's more to being a Christian than that. And we've seen that in Hebrews chapter five, verses 10 through 12. The, the author has made it clear that solid food, that that solid food belongs to those who uh, have learned to put the word into practice. The, 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 remember that the author, he wants to teach them uh, more about Christ's pre, pre, high priesthood, that he is a high priest forever. The, the author, he has more truth that he wants to teach them, but, but he can't. He has to stop and, and get their attention because he, he, he understands, he wants them to understand that, that they're in a place that they're unskilled. They're like a baby. They're, they're unskilled. Uh, in, 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 in applying the word and they still need milk. They need to learn. the. They need, he said he said they need to go back and learn the basics of the faith. They were infants. They're, they're like infants who were unskilled at handling the word. They're, they're like infants. They, they can't discern between right and wrong. Or as the author says, between uh, uh, evil, uh, good and evil. Uh, they, they're unskilled in that. And, 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 and they should be at a point in life. They've come to church. So they've come to church enough. They they know that they've been exposed to the truth enough that 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 they should be at a point that they're passing that. They should be able to pass that truth that they know on to others. But but remember, they they lack understanding. But but so what is the remedy that he gives them? The remedy that for their spiritual immaturity. Is that they simply need to build up on what they already know. And so he gives them a word of encouragement. We find that in verse one. We, we find in verse one and two that, that you and I, these believers need to, they said that they need to press on to maturity, that they have the capacity to grow. Look at verse number one, starts with the word, therefore, therefore we know links the text with the previous paragraph where the author, he, he laments the state of their state of immaturity. He, 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 he laments that, that, they're, that they're not in a place to, to understand deeper truths from the word of God. So he's going to draw a conclusion. He draws a conclusion and, and by exhorting them to go on to maturity. If this congregation and if we as a congregation, if we're going to if we're going to benefit uh, from from the truth of God's word, we have to grow and and come to understand and know the deep truths concerning Christ, and and, and so these believers, He is going to implore them, exhort them, encourage them to grow, to to act on the the basic knowledge that they already have, and to build on it, like Legos. You start with one Lego, and then you add other Legos to it. It's we're to we're to 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 build up on the truth that we already know as a believer, because that's going to benefit. That's the that's going to benefit us. You know, I think when you start talking about you, you start challenging uh, people from the word of God, they, they kind of get intimidated. But that is it, it is for your benefit to, to be challenged from the word of God, to, to be given nourishment from the word of God. 
so that you can uh, grow and, and live the Christian life in a way that honors Jesus Christ. And so these believers, he said, they need to they need to they're going to they, they need to press on to maturity and they need to, to move beyond the basics. That's what we see here next in the text. He says, therefore, so he's going to encourage them to, to grow up and to move beyond the basics. Look at what he says. He says, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. Three things. First, notice here that the writer identifies himself with the people. This is important. Don't miss that. He says, let us. He, he identifies himself with the people. And, and in effect, what he's saying, let us move forward. Let, let us move forward together. R.C. Sproul said this, he said, uh, for us as believers, he said, we should encourage immature believers to journey with us, not lord our knowledge of doctrine over them, end quote. You heard that? We, we, should, we should encourage those who are immature. And this is what the, the, the writer is doing. He, he is encouraging them. He's coming alongside them to, to, to encourage them. And this is the way all church leaders must be. Church leaders... Uh, as church leaders, we, we must help believers grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and to do this, the writer has given us an example. We must be willing not only to tell them how, but show them how. We must be willing to come alongside and show, uh, show uh, the congregation how to live the Christian life. Paul, Paul did this. In, in his life, look, turn over to Acts, turn, turn to Acts 20, uh, Acts 20, verse 17, starting at verse 17. The Apostle Paul did. He, he did this. He practiced this. He set the example for us. And we don't don't want to miss this, this little truth there. Let, let us let, let's not miss that. In Acts chapter 20, verse 17, Paul writes, he's writing to the elders, the Ephesian elders. He uh, he's writing to them and, and he says in verse 17, now from my leaders, he sent to Ephesus uh, and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, listen, he said, he said, you yourselves know how I lived among you <laughs> the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching. Listen, he, he's, 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 he's declaring publicly and notice what he said and teaching you public and from house to house. No, no, go down to verse 28. And, and, and this, this is the, the admonition that he gives to them. He said, I set the example for you. I, 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 I've served alongside you. And, and, and look what he says in verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're familiar with this one. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse one. 
And we'll hear this theme again. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. There is a sense of intimacy that the Apostle Paul had with those to whom he was shepherding. He says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. As, as, as shepherds of the flock, as, as shepherds of the flock, we're, we're to shepherd with care, not shepherd as a bully. This, this author says, he says, let us, he, he, he is coming alongside and he is joining in, uh, the, with these believers in, in, in humility. Not, he, he is, they have a problem. And we'll discuss it even next week that he's, he's writing to these believers. And next week we'll see his admonition to unbelievers in the congregation. But he is, he is doing this with, with humility. Because. He is shepherding. He, in a sense, we're just under shepherds. Benjamin Markle said this, shepherds, shepherding God's flock is important because the sheep belong to God. Therefore, his flock, his people, his church, uh, uh, his church, because they are purchased with his blood. End quote. William Steele said this, the pastor, by definition, is a shepherd, the under shepherd. You, you say, why is this important? You need to know what your pastors and your elders need to be like. William Steele said the pastor, by definition, is a shepherd, the under shepherd of the flock of God. His primary task is to feed the flock by leading them to green pastures. He is also to care for them when they're sick and hurt and seek them when they go astray. End quote. It's important that we understand this. This let us and we 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 delve into this. That, that we understand what, what, what this author is doing. When, when I was in the military, why, why is this important to me? When I was in the military, there's, we were taught there's three types of leadership styles. There's direct. There is there, directing, meaning you're, you're telling people what to do. There's, there's called the participative, where you're participating and, and yet you're still directing. Then there's delegated where you, you, you delegate out responsibilities and, and you allow uh, those soldiers to, to take the, the initiative. And, and the, the, why is this important? Because there must be violence. I've seen guys who were direct or authoritative in their leadership and that's all they did. And they had people that were scared uh, of them. Scared to follow them. Uh, you, you, you have people uh, who were who, who are not able to take all these leadership styles and apply them in, in, in equal with, with violence. There must be violence in leadership. There must be humility. And yet there are times when we have to direct and command from the scriptures. There's a time when we delegate. And all these things must be done in, in violence. Because there are those who abuse leadership, they micromanage, people are afraid, and people are passive. 
when when you micromanage people are they become passive and 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 they never take the initiative to do anything morale is low but not so with church leaders and not not so with this this the writer of hebrew he 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 is he is joining hands together with these believers but and notice the 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 the, the second thing here too he says let us leave this this implies that the congregation must put forth effort to make progress. It can't just depend upon the the leaders. There's a there's a there, there there's a there's a point to where the congregation must must learn to act on their own. He says, "Let us leave." Each one of us as individuals have to put forth effort to make progress, and 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 and, and to do this. To, to make progress sometimes is hard. But why? You say, because that, that means that there's going to have to be changes that you make in your life. You, it, it, uh, if, if you're going to move on and, and mature in the Christian life, you're going to have to make some changes. Present your bodies as living sacrifices unto God. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2, he says, and do not be conformed to this word. That's going to have to be some changes that you have to make if you're going to grow as a believer. You can't come and be passive as a believer. You're going to have to put forth effort. And, and I think sometimes we can be spiritually lazy. We can be spiritually lazy people. You, 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 we can hear this, this admonition, this exhortation to spiritual maturity, and, and immediately what comes to our mind is excuses. Our minds are, are barraged with, with, with excuses. My life is very busy. I got other things to do besides, besides coming to church all the time and, and, and sitting under the preaching and teaching of God's word. There's a point where we can be content with being at the elementary level of, of, of spiritual of spiritual growth. We, we can be comfortable thinking a certain way or acting a certain way. Don't challenge me. We, we can be comfortable in, in this way. There's other things that I want to hear about. I don't want to hear about. I don't want to hear about this. Tell me something else. But the writer says, let us leave. <laughs> don't stay. Let us leave. We're on a journey and we must make progress. And the writer is setting us up for Hebrews chapter 12. Remember in Hebrews chapter 12, he says he, he, he describes the Christian life as a what? A race. When you're running a race, you don't stay still. How many people you've seen run a race that stay in the starting blocks? They ain't winning. They ain't winning. That you, it, the gun goes off, there's progress. There's more. And that's the, the Christian life is the same way. And the author is challenging us to, to, to grow, to, to grow and to desire to grow as believers. You say, why, why is this so important? Because he, the writer of Hebrews knows that there are some people who are goats in the congregation. You have sheep, you have goats. You have those who are not truly 
believers in Jesus Christ. You have those who are professing believers. Those who hear, those who are truly sheep of Jesus Christ, they respond. Jesus said in John 10 and 27, my sheep, listen to what he says. If you're a sheep of Christ, he says, you hear his voice. You said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And not, and not only do they hear his voice, he says, he says, and I know them. And listen to what he says. And they follow me. They, they follow me. The true believer hears the, the teaching and the preaching of the word of God. And they hear in, in that the voice of Christ and they follow Christ. That's what a true and this what and this is setting us up to talk about what we're going to talk about next week. We have to we have to understand this. Some some of the people in the Hebrew congregation, they're 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 ignoring the the spiritual call uh, for spiritual growth and maturity because they're there are apostates. They're, they're in the church. They appear to be there. They come to church. They 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 sit under the preaching and teaching of the word of God. They can they can repeat back the gospel and the, and the things of the gospel. They they know them. But they never move forward to embrace. Them. And, and that's that's what we're going. That's what we're going next week. So the author here is speaking to to the believers. He says, let us leave. Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ or, or the beginning of the word of Christ or the basics of, of Christ. He, now he's, he's not saying that they need to for, they need to forget what they learned about Christ. Right. The, the basics are necessary and we, we build on. He, he's saying don't be preoccupied with the basics. And, in, and we talk about basic here. He's talking about the Old Testament and how the Old Testament points forward to Christ. They're, they're to build on, on the foundation of what they already know about Christ from from the Old Testament, from from the sacrifice, from the from the high priest, from the temple, from from the tabernacle, from 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 life with, with God. They, they're to build upon that. That is that is basic. Those are the all of those things point forward to Jesus Christ. And all the things of the old, the Old Testament points forward to Jesus Christ. And so the author is saying, don't get bogged down and preoccupied with the Old Testament. It is, in a sense, is what he's saying. And it forces believers. The, the basic things of Christ, repentance, understanding that we're to pray, uh, understanding that we're to, we're to trust Christ. Those, that, that's milk. And, and it's necessary for, for a limited time. But, but we're, we're, we're to challenge the author here. He is, he is, his purpose is to push them on to maturity. And, 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 and because if we're going to enjoy Christ, if we're going to enjoy the, 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 the unsearchable riches of Christ, if we're going to enjoy Christ, we have to deepen our understanding of Christ. Grope, second Peter 3.18, from what I, I, I quoted in the beginning of the sermon, Peter says, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There has to be, uh, as a believer, there should be a desire of deepening our understanding of who Christ is and, and, and all the wonderful facets of his person and his nature and his work in ministry. As we look at all of these different things and we learn to put them together 
theologically and we learn to 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 how they impact our lives in a practical sense. That is that's the blessing. I, I can't tell you any better than that. It's a blessing to know Christ. And to 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 understand that that Christ, the 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 uh, the God man, the the one who is the who is God, very he's very God in his being, the one who is God came into the earth as a baby. You understand the truth and the depth of the truth of, of that? God came into the world as a as, as a baby in Christ. That is deep, robust. Truth that can get you through any trial or tribulation that you're going through, knowing that Christ came into this stinking world as and he lived as a man. That should that motivates you to go through your your suffering that you may be experiencing physically in your body, knowing that truth. And this is what the author is saying. There's more to Christ that you need that will benefit you. Go on, he says, let us go on. And but this is something we have to depend upon God to do in us. And uh go on here is passive. Meaning that that this is something we don't we, we can't do in our own strength. In a sense that it says, you can say it this way, it says, let us be carried on to maturity, is is, is what is being said here. And the implication is that we, we can't do this. That 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 God calls us. In the Christian life, to live the Christian life, but remember, Jesus said, He said, He He, he told us, He said, uh, for those who who are heavy burdened, heavy laden, come unto Me, and I will give you rest. He says, Take My yoke upon you. He, he, he listen with He He said, Take My yoke, meaning when you talk about a yoke, you're talking about being you're talking about being yoked with 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 one who is. Who is greater than you? You had a, a a a young oxen when you're trying to teach that young oxen how to how to plow. You take him and yoke him with the with a mature oxen. And Christ says, He says, "Take my yoke. I'm yoking myself with you in the Christian life." I mean, shouldn't that be enough motivation to grow, to desire to grow, to know that that Christ He has He is one with us. He is working with us. He is equipping us as we live the Christian life. Paul, Paul, Paul says in uh, Peter, uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2. Turn on to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. We're familiar with this passage. Christ, Jesus Christ said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. God is even as as we are called to 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 work out our soul's salvation in this passage. Philippians chapter two, verse twenty-two. Uh, as you're verse twelve. Listen, listen to what Paul says to these believers. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What's the motivation? Wait a minute, you, I'm struggling. How am I gonna? How am I gonna to to live the Christian life? I can't do it. Paul adds something else. 
for it is God who works in you. Hallelujah. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The God, the God through the Holy Spirit is, is, is at work in, in, in your heart. And as you submit to his word and as you, you desire to, to grow, the, the Holy Spirit is there bringing about growth in your life. In, in every life, bring about maturity in every area of your life. So, so this, this going on is, is, is really not dependent upon us. It's, it's, it's dependent upon God and we're to, to work because God is at work in us. This, this is the process of, this, that is so beautiful. The process of sanctification is, is, is God working out in us his, his will in, in our hearts and in our lives. And so Christian growth is to be progressive because God is at work in us. He's at work in us. Paul, and, and you say, well, if God is at work in us, would there be a point to where we are perfect? No, Paul wasn't perfect. Paul said, he said this, he said, he said, I, I press on. He said, I haven't attained yet. I haven't reached a point of perfection yet. But I'm pressing on toward perfection. Um, this, this is what the Christian life is all about. We're, we're to grow and to, to, to allow God to work in us through his word by the Holy Spirit until we die. We won't be, we, we'll be working. Nobody will be perfect here on this earth. I hate to disappoint you. There's never a point where you, you're going to live the Christian life and you say, I've arrived. There's always going to be work to do. There's, all, there, there's, there's always progress that we can make in the Christian life. And this is what the author is speaking of. He says, and go on, he says, to maturity or completeness. And this is what the Christian life is about. It's about growth. God saves us. And the Christian life is growing in a direction. In, in, in Romans chapter 8, it says that, that God has, has predestined that we be conformed to the image of who? Christ. That is the direction that, that we're growing, that, we, that when God saves us, that's the direction we grow in. We're growing in the direction of Christ-likeness. That's what, that's what maturity is. As we, we become uh, like Christ in our attitudes, our thoughts, and our actions, this is a sign that we are maturing in the faith, that, that we're making progress to the, to the goal that God has for, for us. And this is this is what uh, this is Paul. This this was Paul's passion. Paul had this this passion uh, for for uh, these for believers in Christ. He said in Colossians chapter one, verse 28, he said him we proclaim he, talking about Christ. Him we proclaim, warning every man and teaching everyone with all wisdom for what purpose? That we may present everyone mature in Christ. That is the that was the goal of the Apostle Paul's ministry is to complete uh, to present everyone mature in Christ. He says in verse 29, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy. With, with, who's, with God's energy, with the energy that God gives through his grace, with all his energy, and that he powerfully works within me. Paul, Paul, Paul had this, this, this desire 
for for believers to to mature in Christ, to be made complete in Christ. And this is what the author is calling for here, that that they must go on to maturity. And what does this look like? It's look, it, 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 it looks like leaving the foundational principles. He says, not laying again a foundation. And, and so it, this was kind of challenging to the, what comes next as we get into verse uh, number two was challenging because there are many different views concerning what, what is to follow. But my view on this is, is what follows uh, is the elementary teaching. And this is what he's talking about. Go on to maturity. It, it is the, the, what follows is the, the elementary teachings or the foundational teachings that these believers had learned about Christ from the Old Testament. The, these were basic doctrines that were taught in the Old Testament. And they were, they were designed for this purpose to, 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 to build a foundation for the Messiah, to build a foundation and to prepare the people of Israel for the coming of Jesus Christ. And each one, each one of these that we're going to discuss is foundational to the revelation of Jesus Christ. They, each one of these are, 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 are uh, they, they're the foundational truths or foundational principles for Christ and his mission. So he says, go on to maturity. And these are the, again, these are the elementary principles that he's telling them to leave, to move on forward from. First, these believers, notice what they learn. They learn of repentance from dead works. And, and uh, uh, it, it almost re- reminds me of what Paul said in Romans chapter 7, when he said that uh, before the, he understood the law, he was alive. But when the law when he was regenerated, when he was born again, he he was a he uh, he was alive. When he understood the law uh, for 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 what it really was, he found out that he was a sinner. This a repentance from there, where Paul was living by the old. Remember, he's what he said in Philippians chapter three. He was a Pharisee of Pharisee. Paul, he had this list, and he was he was the cream of the crop. But then there was a point. When when he understood the true nature of the law, and he found out that he was a wretched sinner. That's why he ends Romans chapter seven with this. Who shall deliver me from this wretched man that I am? So repentance from dead works. These 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 Jewish believers, they, they understood the Old Testament and, and, and how it pointed forward to Christ. And, and the author is saying, don't go back to those things. Don't don't go back to those things because those things didn't make you alive. They only uh, knowing God and his law only made you aware that you were dead in sin. And see that in in Romans chapter three. And so there's a point to where as believers, even for us today, we have to move beyond repentance. You say, well, I repented and I turned to Christ. Well, you got to move on from that. You, you, you got to move on from uh, those those basic things and learn what it means to live for Christ. Because this is this is foundation. And so he, he is saying that there is a point where you have to leave repentance behind. Repentance is necessary to start the Christian walk. It, it is it is necessary and as a believer that we 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 repent when we sin. But we're we're not to to uh, 
uh, to go back and and you, I, I remember I used to listen to, perhaps you've even listened to Paul Washer, and you're challenging. You're like, man, am I saved? <laughs> you listen to that too. You're like, oh gosh, am I? And 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 so so what the author's saying is that that have a mature thinking about you as a believer. Move on from repentance from dead works. And notice the second thing that he says. This is what they learn as well. A repentance of, from dead works. And this is going, these are the things that are taught in the Old Testament and faith toward God. Uh, this is, this is, this was crucial for acceptance with God is that you remember the, the people of Israel were in the wilderness. What was their fault? They didn't believe God. They, they didn't believe they, they got to the promised land and they were, they were there. Here's the promised land. Uh, and, and they have God's promise concerning the promised land and they didn't believe God. So, uh, uh, this, they, uh, the author is saying the, these are the things that this, this is crucial, but, but they need to move beyond this. They need to move beyond this. And it's for us as believers. When we, we become a believer, we become conscious of, of the fact that, that we're, we're dead in sin and, and we turn to God through Jesus Christ. These are our basic foundational teachings for us. And as before we go on, also, uh, one thing to notice about this is that faith and repentance go hand in hand. You, you can't say that you believe in God and you still live in his sin. Faith, faith and repentance, they, they go hand in hand. So not only had they received uh, basic foundational uh, truths. And, and these these truths are, another thing about them is that they are inward. They, they impact, you know, uh, talking about repentance from dead work. That is a work that is, that is, that takes place in the heart. Faith toward God is, it, it's an inward work that takes place in the heart. And now the author is going to talk about some uh, basic instruction concerning outward ceremonial outward activities or outward things that they did and notice he says and of instruction about wa uh, washings here the the term that is that is used for washings when it uh uh when it's it, it's a uh, it's plural uh normally when this term is used it is it is singular and then it refers to baptism but the author is not talking about the fact that there are many baptisms when you come to Christ, uh, this uh, I believe that this this points forward to uh, this points back to the washings uh, in the in the Old Testament. Ezekiel uh, thirty six and twenty five. He, he talks about the, the the spiritual cleansing that will come to those who are believers in Christ. Uh, God says, "I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols. I will cleanse you." This this is a this is a, a reference to the, the the symbolic cleansings that the people had taken part of in, in the Old Testament that point forward to Jesus Christ, because what does the Scripture says about Christ? It says in First John one and seven, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So these are Old Testament uh, truths that even for us today 
uh, apply to us today. Notice it's laying on our hands. This was remembered that the in the Old Testament when the the people had uh, uh, had to offer on, on the Day of Atonement. They they took an animal, they laid their hands on it, and the priest took that animal, laid their hands on it, and presented that animal to God. Right. So this laying on of hands is is a a ritual that 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 was done by the priest the, when they offered up sacrifices uh, on be, uh, to to God on behalf of the people. The what the the purpose of the animal that they laid their hands on was to to uh, they bore the sins of the people. They, they laid their hands on it, and that that symbolized that the people were were in a sense ta- uh, acknowledging that their sins were transferred to the animal, and the animals were put to death. But didn't Christ do that to, for us as well? Christ bore our sins on on the cross uh, for us. Uh, so so Hebrews chapter two verse uh, nine through eleven says this. But we see him for a little while uh, who was made Lord than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Just as the, when the, the animal uh, died or in a sense tasted death for the, for the people, Jesus Christ uh, tasted death for us. And he says, for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are of one, all one source. This is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Christ is like us. We're, 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 we don't have one who is an, an, an animal that can't identify with us. We have one who, identif- who is human, uh, just like we are, and who bore our sins. So this laying on of hands will refer to the, the ritual uh, of the high priest. You find that in Leviticus chapter 1, verse 4, and Leviticus chapter 3, verse 2. And so these are, there we, we talk, he's, he's saying move on from the inward works of God, move on from the outward ceremonial components of the life of faith. And then he, now he's going to talk about theology and doctrine, the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the dead was taught in the Old Testament. Remember, Job said in Job 19, verse 26, he said, And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Job, Job is point, he is talking about uh, resurrection, uh, being resurrected from the, from the dead. And this was, was taught in the Old Testament. Same thing with eternal judgment. Eternal judgment was, was taught uh, in, in the Old Testament. Uh, talking about uh, if, if you disobey God, what, what is the, the, the price of, of disobeying God's law? It, it is death. It, it is death. Uh, and, and for us in, in the New Testament, Hebrews 9 and 27 says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. It's true. It, it, it is true for us. These are are, are, are foundational to, to Christianity as well. Resurrection from the dead are foundational for us and eternal judgment is foundational for us. And, and each one of these, these are the first principles. These, 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 uh, the things that he covered are the first principles that was represented in Judaism. And they were to prepare for the coming of Christ. 
And so he was saying Christians uh, should should press on to fuller revelation. These are basic uh, understandings about the, the mission and the purpose of Christ. And we, we should move on to a fuller revelation. Move on. He's saying for them, they need to move on from these things. And again, how, how do we do it? Notice, uh, well, first, that we're commanded to do it. In verse 3, he says, and this we will do. Maturity is, is, a, is, a, is a duty. Uh, these believers, it, it is a duty for them to move on from their basic foundational understanding uh, of the Old Testament teaching. There, it's their duty to move on from these. They, they, must, they must be committed to, to move forward and mature in the, in the Christian faith. And, 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 and just think about that these believers or professing believers are suffering. And the temptation is, is to do that which brings less suffering. What brings less suffering? Go back and live on the Old Testament. Live, live, like, live life like the old uh, uh, Jews did in, in the Jewish uh, religious uh, system. You, you do that, there won't be any persecution. You do that, the, you, you won't be bothered. It's, it's easy to, to, to go back and, and to live a life of, of, of legalism where there's no demand upon you. Living under the Old Testament system, there was no, de- really, the only demand was was just to, if when it, you, you sin in this way, you offer offering, and, and, uh, but that didn't really challenge you to change on the inside. There was really no challenge to change, uh, in, in, uh, to change uh, as far as the, the heart. But uh, these believers are to, to understand that they're to move on. They're be to, they're be to, uh, they're to be committed to, to move on and to grow spirits to move beyond the basics uh, of, of the uh, of the Judi, uh, Judi, uh, Judi, uh, system. But this is only done. Notice what he says. He says, and this we will do. If. God permits on one hand. The readers are responsible for their spiritual immaturity and their growth into maturity. But on the other hand, it is a result, a result of the work of God. They can only succeed by God's sovereign work of grace in their lives. And it's the same for us today. We're commanded to work out our soul's salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians chapter 12, verse 2. For it is God who is at work in us to will and to do his pleasure. There's a responsibility we have, but then there's there's God who is really the work, the catalyst to that work that is that is uh, that is going on in our lives. And John Piper said, uh, he, and I think he is right in saying this, he said, and concerning this, God has final say in whether we overcome our bent to sinning and make progress toward maturity. We will press on to maturity if God permits it. That is, we will make progress in our sanctification and holiness if God permits it. He decides ultimately if and how fast we advance in holiness. That's a, that's a piece of humble pie, isn't it? That that's a piece of humble pie when it comes to the Christian life, because that the, the implication is 
we can't take any credit for any Christian growth in our life. And and, and we, we can't take any credit. And it also implies that we need to 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 depend upon God as a child depends upon their parents. To grow in the Christian life, we should be on our knees asking God to help us to grow, to enable us to grow. There's a sense of of, of humility where where we look to God's hand. God, uh, we, 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 when we, we, we humble ourselves and we submit to God and we, we look to his hand and say, God, I, I can't grow without you. Have you ever been to that point in the Christian life as a believer? You got to a point and, and, and you realize I can't do this. I'm going to tell you how my pastor tell me you're in a good place. When you're at that point and you say, I can't do it. You're in a good place because now you are in position to turn to God with a true heart. That's what, and I, and I believe a lot of times when we're, when we're going through and, and, and we're dealing with things, that, that is God's way of, of maturing us and putting us in difficult trials and tribulations that cause us to, to pick up the word of God. You know, and we say, God, I got nothing else. Nothing else is working. All I got, I'm, I'm turning to you. What is it that 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 you have said in your word that will that 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 I need to be doing in my life? You're in a good place because God is the ultimate uh, one who is sovereign, even over our spiritual growth. We're responsible, but it, we grow as God permits. And and have you celebrated that reality? You, if you're a believer. And, and you can look back on your life and you say, yes, I've changed as a believer. I can see that I've grown uh, and, uh, spiritually as a believer. Have you praised God for that reality? Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and, and so as I close. We're to remember. First, remember that that that. Uh, we, we are to encourage one another on this journey. It, it, this is the, 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 the responsibility of the elders or to, to, to lead you and to shepherd you. But there's a responsibility we, we all have to one another to come alongside and to ensure that we're walking in maturity. That's the first thing. Second thing we should realize from this is that not only do we have a responsibility for one another to ensure that that we're growing in the faith, we also should recognize that if we are truly a believer, we will not desire to stay immature in the faith. A, a A true believer, that's why the author said, he said, let us, those who are true believers will respond to the, to the, to the encouragement that he has given. They will respond and move on with him Immaturity. And this is characteristic of a true believer. A true believer grows. A true believer grows. As I was going through this and and thinking about us as, as a church. And how we 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 are growing, and as you see works of of service and love being done as a, as a congregation, as I as as I hear 
uh, testimony of how people are growing in, in the word of God. That is, you just don't know how happy my heart is with that reality. You, uh, you know, and, and I'm happy with it, but I want to keep I want to press you to keep growing. Amen. Keep growing. There's more that God has for us as believers in Christ. Keep keep growing. Stay in your word. And 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 as you grow in in, in the word, teach somebody. You you're married, teach your husband and wife. Husband, teach your wife. Wife, you you you're studying in the word of God and you come across something that 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 has arrested your soul and and, and it is pushing you on to maturity, share it with your husband. Parents, teach your children. Single folk, find somebody to teach. But we're, we're the, the, as we end this, we're to grow because next we will find out there's a warning if you don't. That's what we're talking about. Next week, we'll be talking about apostates. It is, apostate is, is those who were never true believers to begin with. There, there are people who are in the church who are, they're not true believers. So they don't, they can hear a sermon like this and don't even care anything about it. So let us prepare our hearts to, to grow, continue to grow, and to, to embrace the warnings next week. Let us, let us pray. We're commanded by you, uh, God, our Father, in the scripture to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. Paul, Paul displayed in his life the desire to, to know more of Christ. He said that I count all things lost in comparison to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. May, may, that be, may that testimony be true of us where we can come together and, and celebrate the, the truth of Christ that knowing him is better than anything in this life. May, may we do that as a, as a congregation, that, that we come, along, come alongside each other and encourage each other with the truth that we know about Christ and, and how that truth has, has transformed us and how that truth is, is sustaining us uh, in, in our lives and, and enable us to have the courage to, to share those things with one another. Because that, that is the pattern we see in the scripture. There is no long ranger in, in the scripture. We, we don't read about anybody going at it uh, doing the work that you have called him to do uh, as a loner. So, so, so give us the, the courage to, to, to be a, to have the, the courage to encourage one another, to, to exhort one another, to admonish one another when it's, when it's needed, but with the, with the, with the heart of love and, and the mind of Christ. This, this is what you have called us to. And Father, we realize that we can't do this on our own. And just as Jesus said in John 15, that, that he's divine and, and we're the branches. And, and whoever abides in, in him, uh, he is one who bears much fruit. 
And Jesus said, for apart from me, you can do nothing. May we sense that. May we may we have a, 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 a sense of understanding of what it means that we cannot do anything apart from Christ, that we must abide in him in, in, in our minds and in our hearts. Because when we begin to, to live life on our own, we, we, we quickly realize that we can't. So, so thank you, Father, for the, this, this book of Hebrews and, and the warnings and the admonitions and the words of encouragement that we find here. And, and may it find good, good soil in the heart of your people. That, that it will bring forth fruit in, in our lives from this point forward and move us on to maturity. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.